0: The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, if it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hello, happy Friday
1: everybody, 401's your start time here, it's a Friday afternoon, you made it to the weekend, thank you for joining us and uh, starting your weekend off the right way. I'm Ajay and Eric Franson on his way back to the studio. He's coming from Utah State football practice. He'll give us the deets on what is going on there, what things look like. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at EFranson. That's E-F-R-A-N-D-S-E-N. Uh, and you can get the latest updates on what's going on so far. As day number two of Utah State football fall camp has began, um... It is another open practice today. It is open most of next week, and then it's closed for the first scrimmage, which would be next Saturday, and then it's not open again until Football Family Fun Day on August 17th at 5 p.m. There you'll be able to get autographs, um, be able to be on the field uh, after, the, after the scrimmage is over, and, of course, you'll be able to meet the players Um, So, they will have all that going on on uh, Saturday, August 17th, again at 5 o'clock. Hi everybody, again, I'm Ajay Salas, and welcome to the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan, again, Eric Franson, will be joining me in studio here on his way back from day number two of Utah State Football Fall Camp. A lot of other things to get into, too. Uh, Yesterday was the first preseason football game for the NFL. Uh, Denver, Atlanta, it was not exciting, as you would expect with... Fourth and fifth stringers uh, competing for a spot on the 53-man roster. So, uh, you can only imagine the talent that was on that field. Which would be about Eric and I playing with the opposite hands. <laughs> just it, It's preseason football. It's boring stuff. Meanwhile, NBA's got some news going on. Uh, they have announced their Christmas games. So we'll get into that in just a bit. And then Carmelo Anthony yesterday did a one-hour interview with Stephen A. Smith. And he said some really interesting things, and he he portrayed himself as the victim. But is Carmelo Anthony really the victim? We'll get into that, too. Uh, And don't forget, we'll have our five most impactful players. That'll be our five best, which will be Utah State's uh, most impactful players uh, for the 2019 football season. Uh, Joining me live here in studio, he is my co-host, one of my close friends. It is Eric Francis. Just uh, returns from day two of uh, football camp for Utah State. Eric, happy Friday. Uh,
2: a J, it's hot outside. Oh my gosh! You know
1: what? I'd rather have it be hot than be twenty degrees in cold weather. <laughs> it comes to the territory.
2: Early, early August. But... Hey, day number
1: two of fall camp. You got to be out there. Uh, tease us with a little bit of what you got to taste out there.
2: Um, uh, even though it is hot, and like I, man, I'm sitting down and I feel like I need to take a nap. Uh From just being in the sun, but these guys are going hard, and they're led by their coaches uh it, this is a coaching staff that's intense uh that uh, wants to keep things moving. They're trying to set a tone early granted it's it's only the second practice, but you can tell they want to keep things moving they want they're they're trying to get their football legs under these players again oh, yeah um and uh so drills don't last too long and they're cycling into another drill and they're doing something else and they're doing something else and the coaches are driving them uh, all along the way and and really being positive about it, but also coaching them upright when they make mistakes. So uh, it was fun to be out there and kind of see what this team is going to look like. And there's some players that uh, I got to see today that, uh, okay, this is going to be interesting to see if this is just one blip today on the radar, or is this guy going to really pan out and be like this for the rest of the season? So, uh, notably, Caleb Rep. I um, uh, heard a lot uh, about him. He last looked really hours. good out there today. Just, he's got, uh, he tracks the ball well. I think he's, he's physical. Uh, he's at a tight end position. Um, but um, I think that he's going to be a nice addition for Utah State. Sioni uh, Mariner uh, looks good. I mean, he's got good size, um, and uh, it, Taylor Compton was sure-handed. I didn't, I never saw him uh, not make a play on a ball and not bring it in. Um, and so, anyway, uh, there were some nice things that I saw out there today. Uh, granted, some of it was just situational, and it all looks great when you're just in a helmet and not pads, and there's not somebody else going against you too hard. I mean, there were some one-on-one drills. The quarterbacks were throwing to wide receivers, and, and the defensive backs had to come out there and try to make some stops, Uh, and there were a few that uh, weren't really crisp. Uh, They didn't look great, Uh, but um, still, uh, it's fun to be out there and kind of watch what's going on for Utah State football.
1: Yeah, and again, it's day number two of fall camp. As you said, some guys are just trying to find their legs, especially at the pace that the coaching staff wants them to go at. I mean, it is blow the whistle, and if you're not over there in five seconds, you're going down and giving me 20. I they really I mean but you're right it's 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 back into the conditioning period they They're not going to change anything with their offensive style, so you might as well get them going now
2: uh, I really like Josh calvin. he's uh the freshman out of California, uh quarterback. Uh, I thought he looked really good. um Jordan Love um there were some some passes where I don't know if he was just a little lackadaisical, it just he wasn't really on target um but then a couple of plays later and he's dropping a dime in a spot where it just seems impossible to get a ball there. So um, it, it's going to be fun. I think there's some good quarterbacks behind him. They're going to push him. So it, it's, he is the starter, but uh, Peasley and Columbia looked really good. And there's some of their situations as well. So they're not going to make it easy for, for Jordan to just walk into uh, being the starter without having to, uh, not necessarily he's going to be looking over shoulder all the time at these guys, but, they're they're good enough that they're going to make him want to stay crisp in his approach to the game.
1: Eric, anybody that sat out of practice that we need to know
2: about? Um not that I really saw. I mean, there were some guys that were on the sidelines just kind of doing some things, working ropes or yeah, uh, a a bike um that but Nothing that I could really tell it was overly dramatic. What stands out to you about the defense and offensive line work? Did you get a scene of that? I did. Uh, Coach TJ Woods uh, took the offensive linemen uh, onto, into one end zone, and uh, the defensive linemen were off from the other end zone on the other end of the field. Uh, it was interesting that Gary Anderson. So when I first showed up, they were doing like situational scrimmages. So everybody was yeah. involved and they're moving down the field. Then they broke up into different drills and situational stuff just for units. Uh, when the defensive line broke off, Gary went with them and he was with them for the entire time that I was there. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting that he was giving his attention exclusively to the defensive line. Uh, not because necessarily I think that that's a weakness, but I think he knows that's going to be a real strength. And uh, he wants to make sure that that's a big weapon for Utah State uh, for the upcoming season.
1: Again, practice tomorrow is open. Again, same time, uh, 245 to 515 feet.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still going, and it's open. Yeah. I, I saw maybe less than 10 people there. Oh, well, yeah. That's... I mean, le- less than 10 people. It's an open practice. It's in the stadium. Yeah, it's a little hot. You're in the sun. But you go on the west side, and there's shade. Uh, and you can, anybody can go. You can show up and watch practice. It's worth it. It's interesting. Um, but literally, I, less than ten people were there, uh, and probably know, most of those were media guys <laughs> so it 's open to anybody to go show up and I granted it 's middle of the day, maybe some people it 's hard to get up there uh, because of work or other other reasons, but it, it is open until a little bit after five o 'clock today
1: they 're open again fifth, uh, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth next week they're closed next Saturday for the first scrimmage. And then they will be closed until the 17th, which is Family Football Fun Day for all the kids of all ages and all sizes to come out and watch Utah State Aggie football team afterwards. You'll be able to, if I'm not mistaken, they actually get, they can go on the field after and get autographs and uh, photos with the players. So you don't want to miss that again 5 p.m. on August 17th on Merlin-Olton Field at Maverick Stadium uh, for Utah State football. And then that will be the last time you see them until August 30th when they are at Wake Forest. Uh, for a six o'clock mountain time kickoff on the ACC network to face the Demon Deacons.
2: Hey, I also want to uh, point out. Uh, I, I did like some of the things that I saw out of uh, Nawahine. Um, th- they did some things with the running backs, um, and uh, in different put them in different situations and passing drills, and in some running drills, and they tried to strip the ball, had to run through a bunch of guys, and um, but uh, I, I liked what I was seeing out of him and and Bert too. Uh, he looks like he's got a nice, big body. I think he could be kind of a power back if they need him to. Um, but uh, yeah, there were some nice things I was seeing out of the running back position for Utah State too.
1: We'll get later getting to our five best, which will be the most impactful players for the Utah State football team: special teams, defense, offense. We'll combine it as a whole and give you our five most impactful players for the 2019 football uh, season for the Utah State Aggies. Eric, I. We talked about Caleb Rep here. You do mentioned him. Doug Hoffman, the media relations director, has has spoke at waves and lengths of how good this guy can be. Do you see him being the starting tight end for the Utah State Aggies?
2: Oh, that is going to be such a good battle. It's Carson Terrell. Um, he he looked good in some of the things that I saw today. Uh, he's certainly got probably more experience with the Aggies coming into this next season, but. Is it necessarily a guaranteed thing for him? Um, yeah, That I don't know. So I think it'll be a good battle um, to see uh, what happens, who gets that starting nod um, for that tight end position. I think Rep is going to give Carson Terrell a good run for his money.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. And I think this is not – I mean, look, everyone talks about Carson Terrell because he was the backup to Dax Raymond, so it should be you know next man up. But in this regard, getting a transfer from Utah like Caleb Repp, who has great hands, great size, great speed, and can go up at high point and catch almost any ball is something that's so reliable. And, some, and that's the reason why uh, Jordan went to Dak so many times last year is for that reason is that he could go high and catch a high ball, and I think Caleb has that same ability.
2: He does. He, he just he, From the stuff that I saw, granted, he's not really going up against. You have to keep that in a grain of salt. There's, what he's doing is a, <laughs> pretty easy drills out there today. Sure, but yeah. just the way that his body moves, the way that he looks on the field, uh, he tracked the ball well, uh, but he also has uh, a physical presence about him. So if he needed to be nasty on the line to, to bump off or rub off a defensive end or a linebacker to get open, he can do it. Um, so he, he looks like he's a guy that, if necessary, you need a, a physical body to go out there to create space. Caleb rep would probably be one of the top on my list. Uh,
1: let me ask you about the wide receiver department. Besides the tight ends, you know, what, what, what stood out to you when watching the receivers? Uh,
2: there's more height there than, than we been we were th- anticipating coming into the season. Uh, we knew that there were a lot of the returning guys were s- under six feet tall most of them, uh, but there are some new additions that do have some height. Some of them still need to get some meat on them. They just look a little lanky, uh, a little thin. Um, but uh, uh, the, all that being said, uh, they look like they had some good movement out there today. Uh, Coach Phillips was uh, giving them good pointers uh, all the time uh different things about watching their eyes, watching their hands, what their feet are doing. Um, so, uh, it, yeah, I, I think we're still, this Utah state football team is going to be okay in the wide receiver department still to be determined. I don't want to say that I'm totally like all in on that just yet. Cause it's really easy to see <laughs> when no one's really blocking you that hard. I mean, there were some one-on-one drills that they were doing. They did have a corner or a safety on them. Uh, and they had to try to shake free and, and to create some space. Um, but uh, some, most of them brought him in okay. There were some guys that uh, weren't able to bring it in. Uh, sometimes they were just a bad pass from the quarterback. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be okay. I think there's more height there, more size there than we anticipated coming into the season.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I See, size didn't really stand out to me as much as their speed. I mean, with Scarver and Nathan on the field at the same time, that's just, I don't know what you do. Do you want to guard the net or do you want to guard the fly? And I they, like these both have just, and they got great hands too. It's almost like they can get to any ball that's in the air. Um, the speed is really what stood out to me uh, yesterday. What about the running back department? I mean, I'm sure there are against individual drills, and it's probably more against air than it is defenders. What did you see out of the running backs?
2: Well, Bright looks solid again. Um, again, uh, like I said, Namahine, um, I thought he looked good in some si- certain situations. Uh, there was a time where. The ball, he was running in one direction, not necessarily running in the wrong direction, but the way he was running on a deep pass, um, he had to recorrect and uh, get himself in position to get the ball, and and he did, and he looked good doing it with space and momentum to still carry him into the end zone. Um, Riley Burt looks good, big body, Uh, so it's an interesting collection of uh, running backs right now, but... It's hard to really know until they start yeah, we, seeing seams and yeah. pushing bodies around. Yeah,
1: and again, we won't see their first scrimmage until August 17th, and then you don't see him after that until Wake Forest on August 30th on Friday night.
2: Uh, yeah, Warren, Warren was out there too uh, at running back. Um, he uh, didn't see a lot out of him specifically. I wasn't paying specific attention to him, but I did see him out there a little bit. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, the uh, running back core... It's kind of interesting to watch right now. Uh, very curious to see how that develops, that depth, uh, and who carries uh, the ball besides Gerald Bright.
1: What about in regards to, I mean, the defensive backs also stand out to me. I mean, Shaq Bond has got all sorts of energy. Uh, you've got uh, DJ Williams, who again has been, it's been talked about that his vocal leadership is improved, but it needs to get better. Uh, and then... Troy Leffridge Jr. is another one who I get. He stood out to me in the spring ball, and he stood out to me yesterday in day one of fall camp.
2: Well, today Jared Green had a nice pick off of, uh, uh who was it, Peasley.
1: He nearly had one yesterday, but got a ball ripped off and got robbed. But.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I thought he moved well, uh, was able to put himself um, in position properly to defend the wide receiver and then pick off the pass. So... um, yeah, there were some things that were were kind of fun to see. That they were were while well, the quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs were working on passing drills, the the corners were also, but in a different area. They're working on they toss a, a coach would toss the ball up there. They'd have to go chase it down and bring it in. So yeah. they're working on their own hands, being able to track the ball properly and bring it in, not just knock it free, but uh, make sure they got a good takeaway.
1: That's the other thing that kind of stood out to me when you watch fall camp. With Anderson, it is about the littlest of details. Footwork for the linemen, uh, going up and high-pointing a ball or, and doing it the right way, getting your hands in front of your body, uh, making sure you're, that you're level with your feet and your shoulders. There's just so many details that those coaches go through. I, I even like specifically watch Jay, Coach Jason Phillips, who we'll hear from later on here in just a little bit. Uh, but they're so specific with how like a drill has a purpose to it. A drill has a reason for it. And if you do it right, you're going to get better. That's their theme. That's their motto. Um, but it's really interesting actually watching them go through that drills and how detailed and how – not monotonous. Uh, what's the word? I guess detail is the only way I can really think about it. But they make well, sure they hit every part of it,
2: though. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about muscle memory, right? You, you want your body to do certain things so your mind doesn't have to consciously think about it so that the mind can think about where's the ball? Uh, where's what's my defender doing? what's happening around me? And the body just naturally reacts? And you know, that only happens when you have repetition and a lot of coaching, so that the, the body just reacts how it's supposed to, so the mind can be free to consider other things going on around it.
1: Speaking of which, here is Jason Phillips in its entirety, the wide receivers coach and the passing game coordinator. I got a chance to sit down and speak with him about Jordan Love what makes him special, uh, about the receiving crew and what he looks to see in these receivers. Uh, with Coach Jason Phillips, Coach, uh, you know, being a wide receiver passing game coordinator, I, to my right, I see a bunch of blue cards with X's, and O's, and scribbles and marks. I mean, with this offense and the talent that you got, are you just thinking passing game? Is your wills just spinning
3: in your head? Ah, uh, you know what? Actually, they are. Um, you, you never know what to expect. I mean, obviously, given it's the first day of camp and these guys. Are, have spent their entire summer and actually the entire last season running the same system. So the one thing we want to do is not come in here and change a whole lot. But until you actually get out on the field with these guys and and get to see the work that they've done this summer, you know, there's a lot of, Expectations, You know, there's a lot of uncertainty. So I'm excited about getting out there. So I guess my wheels will be spinning in the sense that I know they've put in the work. I know if we as coaches have put in the work, now it's time to put that work together and see what what kind of product we're actually going to have.
1: Savon Scarver is a preseason All-American as a return specialist. Now he becomes a wide receiver as well. What have you seen out of him? What makes him so special offensively in your eyes?
3: Well, I think the thing that he does well, he can run. I mean, one of the things he's demonstrated since I've been here and obviously that he demonstrated on the tape last year, is that he does have the speed to play at this level and maybe even play at the next level. So, you know, that's the that's the biggest biggest thing that I see. I mean, obviously there's some things he needs to continue to get better at and I'm sure given the work ethic that he's demonstrated so far, he he will get better.
1: Is there any challenges from being a return guy to being a wide receiver. Well I mean what would be the biggest challenge for him to I mean integrate himself into an offense and be an offensive specialist
3: as well? Well I don't think there's any challenges. I mean I mean obviously you want to go out and you want to recruit football players and I think that's one of the things that all these guys need to understand is that we expect him to play special teams and I think he's accepted his role as a special teams player, but he came here to play wide receiver. So I think he has a skill set to play the position. He just needs to demonstrate that on a consistent basis.
1: You've you've been in the NFL game, and you have quite the resume as well. What brought you to Utah State?
3: Gary Anderson, without a doubt. I mean, that's the first thing that, that, that I will always say, because that's the reason why I'm here, and also the players. I mean, obviously, we have the same philosophy as far as how we want to treat players and how we expect players to, you know, demands we put on players as far as our expectations of them. And so that's one of the main reasons why I'm here.
1: Jordan loves special. Obviously, we all know that. Uh, when you see him, what stands out to you about him the most on the field?
3: Uh, poise, um, his charisma, his um, his professionalism, um, you know, his impeccable character. You know, things that you look for in a leadership uh, role, the things that you look for in your quarterback to possess. He has all those traits.
1: What's the best route he can throw? And what's the one route that you'd like to see him be able to throw better?
3: um i don't think there's any route that jordan love can't throw i mean he's demonstrated that he has the arm and the physical capabilities to make every throw on the field so um that question you know is there's i mean to me it's kind of limitless to what he can do And, and whatever it is he can't do he has the character and wherewithal about himself and the work ethic to improve in that area
1: the way you talked about it reminds me of what Coach Anderson was saying in this in press conference today. and He was talking about like next-level stuff with Jordan Love. You've been in the NFL game. Can Jordan Love be an NFL quarterback?
3: I think any player that has a desire to play at the next level can do it if they know how to get there, if they know the plan how to get there, if they, if they put in the work, has the work ethic, and has a professional attitude about it. Everyone is capable of playing at that level and Jordan has the physical tools to do it and he has demonstrated that he's willing to do the work, he's he's demonstrated that he has the work ethic. he's demonstrated that he has the character and he's also demonstrated that he is a professional when it comes to working to get wherever it is he wants to get so to answer your question I think he does. What's one thing you want to see him work on during pole camp? Uh, Staying injury, free. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Not for your guys' sake, right? Yeah, no question. For his sake and for our sake and for our team's sake. I mean, I just think the thing that you know he 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 needs to do, and we need to do a we need to do a good job with that as well on offense. Is just make sure we protect all of our players, and he will be a big part of that.
1: The receivers are. I mean, you used a ton of talent from wide receiver Core last year. Do you see this team having a deep threat receiver? Do
2: you feel like?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do. I, I think all the guys that we have brought in this year so far have demonstrated that deep threat potential. Uh, it's just now a matter of fact of getting out there and just actually demonstrating that on a daily and consistent basis. Can Gerald Bright be a wide receiver? Gerald Bright can be whatever Gerald Bright wants to be. I mean, it's just, it's a mindset, man. You know, this game is, it's a mindset. So whatever players desire to be, if they put their mind to it and put the work behind it, they can be whatever they like to be.
1: Coach Phillips, thanks for your time. Protect You're very on, well, man. Thank you luck man. Luck. Yeah. Coach Jason Phillips, past game coordinator and wide receivers coach for the Utah State A.U. football team. Uh, He brings up some really interesting points. Uh, I will not tell you the conversation we had after the interview was over. Uh, You were right there, so we had that conversation. You you heard it. Um, But he is confident that Jordan Love can be a great football player in the future if he wants to be, which I would imagine that's what his goal is, right? So if we can see the Jordan Love that we saw last year – with, against more exceptional talent, if you will, some tough games on the road, some tough games at home. But if we can still see that efficient, accurate, strong arm throw of Jordan Love, uh, he's, he's going to be able to make a name for himself this season and turn some heads.
2: Yeah, he didn't really see very many good defenses, let alone great defenses last year. Yeah, he's I, gonna see, I wouldn't even put him in
1: the good category. <laughs> no, yeah.
2: He's going to see a lot of really good defenses this year. So he, he needs to be on his game. Um, he, he, he needs to stay sharp, um, and, and the not approach this season. Like it's just going to be a walk in the park based on what he did last year. Cause it won't be, it's going to oh, be a lot harder, yeah, a lot yeah, harder yeah, yeah, and more is going to be on his shoulders, whether he wants it or not, a lot's going to be more, a lot more is going to be placed on his shoulders.
1: Yeah. LSU and death Valley look a lot different than uh Texas, Tennessee tech, I would say. Uh, a lot different. And that's a fast... And even Michigan State. Team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even Absolutely. Michigan. I mean, Michigan Absolutely. State was a
2: good-looking team before uh, Utah State went out there. They were a top 25 team preseason. But LSU comes in as a top 10. The, the number and six.
1: I watched their fall... Because they had their uh, like their spring ball. I guess we know their fall camp day one on the SEC Network. And I watched it. They look... And I know it's fall camp. So you can take it however you wish. But LSU looks as every bit of a top 10 team as you could imagine. I mean, they look great. And underneath the uh, voice of Ed Oregon, who has a great voice, by the way, uh, underneath the voice <laughs> of Coach Ed Oregon, uh, that team will not take any weeks off. They will not look, overlook any opponent. Uh, they'll be coming in focus. And, by the way, they've again, as we've already mentioned, they've got a bye week before they play Utah State, and then they go to Florida the following week. So, uh it will be a tough one, but I, you know, with Coach Gary Anderson uh, and the way this this coaching staff is, you talked about the energy that they bring onto the field uh, today, at least at day two camp. And I would agree with you with uh, in that regard. Um, they will make sure that their kids come in prepared and not scared. And, and, and that alone is something that you'd be okay with. Now, let's hurry and get over to Justin Anna. Uh, I got a chance to sit down with Coach uh, Anna, the defensive coordinator for the Utah State Aggies. Uh, asked him about uh, three certain players. You can take a while to guess who those three players I asked him about were and about the defensive scheme overall. Here's Coach Justin Anna from Media Day for the Utah State football team. I right, Coach Justin Inna, defensive coordinator for Utah State Aggies. Hey, first and foremost, I mean, you have quite the resume of a defensive coordinator um, and being a defensive specialist regard, what brought you to Utah State?
4: Uh, Coach Anderson, I love the guy. I thought uh, I could learn a lot from him. Um, and then just understanding, knowing the facilities, knowing the athletes, the caliber athletes, the kids, they're hungry, they want to win. And uh, there's a lot of focus with this team um, probably better than any focus that I've been around with any other team they really love the camaraderie that they have they love each other and then they just want to be out there and just do all they can to to be successful and again coming from last year where they were 11-2 I mean winning is contagious so is losing And right now they're winners they want to keep on moving forward and getting better
1: David Woodward is on a numerous amount of watch lists and first team awards and second, I mean, just all over the place. What makes him special to you in your eyes when you watch him play?
4: You know, he's athletic. He's very instinctive. Um, He can run, like, uh, (laughs) as good as I've ever been around too. So the kid has great speed. Uh, Instincts are good. Um, Physical, tough, just a playmaker. I mean, the ball always ends up somewhere close to him because either he's athletic enough to get there or he just understands the scheme of what the offense is trying to do so I'm excited to coach him.
1: Speaking of being you, excited to coach somebody, Tipa Nollier is a monster. Uh, when you watch him play I mean you got an ear-to-ear yeah, grin right yeah,
4: now when you watch yeah. him play what stands out to you? Tipa is a, probably the best pass rusher I've ever been around um, as a college coach. A the list. kid is a, a phenom and uh, he's gonna put a lot of pressure on a lot of a lot of uh, offenses that we play, which I'm very, very fortunate to have. Just a, a great kid, too. Just loves the game and does a great job doing it.
1: Another guy on the awards watch list is DJ Williams, and he's very confident. Oh, yeah. he, he said in the spring he wants to be a better vocal leader. Uh, do you see him in that regard? Do you hold him to that responsibility
4: as well? I do. And and one thing with DJ is um, vocally, he's starting to come to his own, but by example alone, the guy is busting his butt. He's always the last guy to leave the weight room, the last guy to leave the field, because he is pushing himself to be the very best. So um, he holds himself to that standard. And again, he's talked about being more vocal. He's become more of a vocal leader. I need David Woodward to step up and be more vocal as well. But I'm telling you, I love that DJ's focused enough to say, hey, I'm ready to take the reins, and uh, this is my defense.
1: No Baron Gonkowski, obviously, Jamar Krasimram's leaving you're pretty thin in that backfield who are you looking at in regards to hopefully step up and and make some
4: you know know, um we we love Cam Haney I think he's done some good things he moved to safety we might move him back to corner a little bit he'll kind of be doing a little bit of uh, crossover whether it be corners and safeties. but I think he's going to be more than fine um uh, Dominic Tatum will do some really good things as well I'm telling you I really like him he's uh he's a young guy but I'm excited for him. Then Grayson, Andre Grayson, whether he plays nickel or corner. Um, we've got some moving pieces, five or six guys that we absolutely love um, for those three spots. And now it's just making sure that we get these guys to, to be in tune and in sync with each other.
1: Another guy that stood at me in the spring, I was hoping to get a comment from you on him, is Troy LeFidge Jr.
4: Yes. I mean, that guy is a monster. Yeah. Can you talk about him? Yeah, Troy is a physical athlete the the kid wants to take somebody's head off And, and not a bad way the kid is just he's around the football um a physical force very athletic too i mean he's one of those guys could possibly play nickel too because being the third corner he's just that athletic so he moves well strikes well um Understands the scheme very well too, so he'll be in that back end, and uh, we're looking for a lot of big things from him.
1: I talked to an individual, and they had mentioned how you, your eyes are just lighting up now. Like you just seem so excited about yeah. what's going on. Can you talk about just your excitement being here in Logan at Utah State and getting ready for fall camp for an incredible season with a lot of expectations as well?
4: Yeah, Logan's a special place, and I've I've said that during spring ball, and I sincerely mean it. I think it's, I mean, you've got a great head coach and Coach Anderson. Um, You've got great uh, fan support. The community is completely awesome. I mean, all it is is Aggie gear, which I love. You go down a little bit south, there's a little bit of mix of everything <laughs> else. There's blue and red. Not here. It's that, it's that navy blue, and it's gorgeous. So um, people are all around us, uh, supporting us, and uh, again, all we got to do now is just perform, do what we're supposed to do, and then have fun doing it. When do you start prepping for Wake Forest? Is that already begun, or do you get You know through? what? We've already kind of worked through that. All the game plans are kind of modified. We're going to okay. keep on working a little bit on that. But uh um, probably prepping for Wake Forest will be probably in a week and a half, two weeks, okay. so middle of fall camp. Coach, thank you so much Thanks. for your time.
1: That's Coach Justin Enna, defensive coordinator for the Utah State Aggies. Eric Franson over there. I'm Aljay Savilson. and you're listening to the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1398. I'm coming back. We're going to get you the ESPNs as announced their NBA Christmas games. You're not going to really like the list, or at least the matchups. Um, they're not that great.
2: Oh, I disagree. I liked some
1: of the matchups. There's one matchup I like, and you can guess which one that is. All the rest of them, the matchups are horrible.
2: We'll have an interesting discussion we about this. We certainly will.
1: Eric Frampton and I'll one side Salveson. It's Friday. You made it. Congratulations, and thanks for joining us, however and wherever you are. It's the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
0: Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
1: Eric France and object south since 1069 FM 1390 AM. That's 1390 AM. The fan It's 436 p.m. on a Friday. Congratulations you made it to the weekend and thanks for joining us however and wherever you are. By the way, we are on all podcasts and platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. You can type in the full-court press. You can type in Eric's name, my name. You'll find us, and you can be able to listen to all the episodes and interviews that you missed. You can also find us on 1069, uh, 106.9thefan.com. 106, 106.9thefan.com.
2: 106.9thefan.com.
1: <laughs> and by the way, if you want to hear the audio of the Utah State Media Day, Eric has been so good, and he was kind enough to be able to put that audio together. It is on CashValleyDaily.com. You can find it there. You can be able to get all the audio and hear all the interviews from Coach Anderson to Coach Sanford to Coach Anna, Coach Phillips. Uh, we have players, Shaq Bond. Uh, it's a list, and it's a lot of them, but you can find all 16 interviews there on CashValleyDaily.com. All right, uh, really quickly, we've got to get to this. We've got to make kind of a short segment based on the, the length of time that we took in the first segment. The Christmas games for the NBA matchups have been... According to sources, have been announced, but it looks like it's been confirmed by about everybody else as well that's on the media platform. Uh, take a wild guess. On December twenty fifth, LeBron James will again, once again, be on Christmas Day TV. They will face Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and the LA Clippers uh, at the Staples Center. Which team will be home team is yet to be announced. They're not sure about which one uh, will have will give the give them, give them their home recognition. Uh, other games are going to be set for Christmas Day. Uh, will be the New Orleans Pelicans, and this is a game I really hate, the New Orleans Pelicans at the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Games, uh, uh, let's see, then you have Boston at Toronto, and Houston will play Golden State. Milwaukee will be playing the Philadelphia 76ers. Eric, I, let me...
2: You only like one of those matchups? Only one? Only one. That's ridiculous. No, uh, Eric, you want to watch... Look, Derek Favors versus
1: okay. I'm the gonna. Joker?
2: I won't worry about New Orleans and Denver. I'm not gonna pay attention to that. But I can find something interesting about each other matchup that will be played that day, especially Milwaukee and Philadelphia.
1: Why? What does what does Milwaukee Philadelphia bring you, man?
2: Good basketball, entertaining oh, geez, basketball. Give me a break. Those are two really good teams. Those are going to be among the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. You have a chance
1: to put Philadelphia and Boston. Al Horford leaving Boston and spurning them and going to Philadelphia is a sexy rivalry. Those two teams already hate each other. And then you take the Al Horford situation and you bring it in. Philadelphia and Boston is delicious 11 a.m. game. I love that. Instead, you put them versus Milwaukee, who, by the way, should be playing Toronto. And by the way, and Toronto, yeah, t- he, and, Toronto's
2: and, and, not going to be the same.
1: And Toro- exactly. It's, 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 so why is Toronto on this list?
2: I don't know. You take uh, you that, take Toronto out. Boston and to Toronto, it'd be uh, passive interest more than New Orleans, Denver. Does Canada but, even celebrate Christmas? What's that? Does
1: Canada even celebrate Christmas?
2: <laughs> sure, they do. They do. <laughs> sure, yes, but. Uh, Houston and Golden State—that's the other matchup that we haven't discussed yet. That one could be interesting too. No, it won't. Uh, because how is James Harden and Russell Westbrook working together versus Clay? Tom- well, Clay Thompson won't be in the mix. Exactly.
1: You see where I'm going with all this? But it'll be,
2: but it'll be Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, and they'll be in their new arena. Drake, Clay Thompson won't be there. It'll be Steph Curry. Steph, man. sorry, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. Oh. Uh, you can't even make Kevin a valid reason for this, dude. Uh, and they'll be just in their probably. new arena, so I think that one will be interesting. Okay, more so because I think the me. NBA and television people want to make it interesting. It well, be- they failed, <laughs> but um, we'll see. And I, I just, I don't think the Houston thing's going to work. But that'll be a good uh, national uh, showcase to see if it will or won't.
1: Okay, so you've mentioned so many problems with this Christmas Day list. One, Toronto's not Toronto of last year. They lose Danny Green. They lose Kawhi Leonard, who, by the way, is the one that won them the championship. The Clippers-Lakers magic, I'm absolutely okay with. And by the way, James is playing on his 14th Christmas game. It breaks the tie with Shaquille O'Neal, Dwayne Wade, Earl Monroe, and Dolph Shays for second most of the time, according to ESPN Stats and Info. Uh, Only Kobe Bryant's played more games, which is 16. And James has scored 338 points on Christmas Day, which is third behind Brian and Oscar Robinson. I love that James playing on Christmas Day. That was a Doran and Brian tradition as well. I don't like that Zion Williamson and the Pelicans are going to be on Christmas Day against Denver Nuggets. There is nothing intriguing about that matchup. Nothing. At all. And you can't even make up a reason, Eric.
2: Zion, won't, I mean, you're gonna have the guy that could be the oh rookie of the year. That's this is not even, besides not even Zion enticing. Zion has some other good players. It's Drew Holiday's a good player.
1: It's not even enticing versus the Denver Nuggets. Really?
2: Denver Nuggets had one of the best records in the NBA last oh year. Oh my gosh, they lost. But they didn't really make oh any big changes hat. in the offseason. They got better. They did add oh, Grant geez. from Oklahoma City. If that's not an so 8 game, more I'm
1: going to break
2: the TV. <laughs> of the five, yes. Uh, L.A., the, the Battle of Los Angeles will be the most interesting. Why isn't
1: Utah on this
2: list? They're considered but a then, top three team. Why? I like Houston, Golden State, and I like Milwaukee, Philadelphia. The others, eh. <laughs> We'll see what's happened with our uh, gift wrapping and opening. Here's
1: my sexy Christmas list. Okay, L.A. Clippers, Lakers, yes, yummy. I take the, I take the Portland and Utah team and put that as an eight thirty game. I take Boston versus Philadelphia, Milwaukee versus, uh, God, give me a. I mean, even a lightly contending. I I don't even have an Eastern Conference team for you. Maybe the Nets with Kyrie Irving. Maybe. Maybe. But this is a horrible list. This is a bad lineup, and this is laziness from Adam Silver and his crew. Uh,
2: Can we move past this for something else that I just saw?
1: Yeah, let's do it, man. What do you got? Breaking news. So
2: Craig Thompson, uh, in a comment to the Las Vegas Review-Journal, has said that There is uh, some discussion and thought that there might be some discussion in the Mountain West about finding a neutral site for the conference championship game. And uh, that uh, Las Vegas or Los Angeles could be future destinations for that.
1: Las Vegas would be great. Los Angeles would be even better. Really? I kind of like the home site game, though. I'm
2: actually not opposed to it. So the Pac-12 wasn't. Pac-12 is looking at coming to uh, to Las Vegas. Mm. So it'd have to be, you know, either on a weekend that they're not there or the Raiders aren't there. That may be complicated uh, for Las Vegas, but there could be some other options out there.
1: Again, announcement and uh, breaking news from Eric Franson, uh, noting that Craig Thompson is uh, is having the idea swirl around his head of having a neutral site Mountain West Conference Championship game. And I believe every other conference does just that. At least every Power 5 conference does just that. So... Uh, that would be big. That'd be that'd be that'd be really big for the Mountain West Conference, and and the options, of course, Las Vegas and Los Angeles are part of that discussion. All right, we got to take a break. Coming back, we're gonna get to our five best, which means our five most impactful players for the upcoming Utah State football season. Eric France and Audrey Salveson, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
0: You probably have driven by several times and thought, I wonder what they do there. I'm talking about 3rd Gen Machine. On the corner of 1400 North and 2nd West in Logan, they manufacture parts for almost anything, from guns and bows to medical equipment. Business is growing and 3rd Gen Machine is hiring. Specifically, they need weekend operators and industrial maintenance mechanics. If you're ready for fun, yet a challenging career, Google third-gen machine in Logan and click on Career. Third-gen machine. That's the number three G-E-N machine. Equal opportunity employer. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
1: Eric, hey, France and four forty five. Salis time 445. We are getting you ready to relax for the weekend. By the way, day three of fall camp for Utah State, tomorrow is at 2.45 till 5.15. It is open to the public, so go there and get your uh, fill on the Utah State Aggie football team and what they look like so far in this very, very young age of fall camp. Again, day three is tomorrow at 2.45. Whether it's at the practice field or Maverick Stadium is yet to be determined, I still believe. I don't have an announcement yet officially. And then again... Next Monday through Friday is open to the public, same time, 2.45 till 5.15. Next Saturday is our first scrimmage that is closed to the public and media. And then uh, as is the following week, Monday through Friday, all those practices are closed before we get to Football Family Fun Day on August 17th at 5 p.m. on Merlin Olsen Field at Maverick Stadium. Uh, Eric, let's get to our five best, and it'll be the five most impactful players coming up for the 2019 Utah State Aggie football season. It could be good. I like I like this idea. The five best. Eric We're trying Manson. to do
2: these on Fridays and uh, various different things that we we do when we put it together. Um, so we'll go from uh, in descending order. So we'll start at number five, okay, and we'll work our way to number one. And I have a feeling that ours might look very similar, but I'm curious to see in, Who, what, in order, what order. Yeah, there you go. In what order they arrive? Yeah. Um, so. Do you want to start out? Why don't you start out with your number five? My number five is Tepanalié.
1: I feel like the defensive line is going to be taken care of, whether you know Tepa's on the left end or the right end or wherever he's at. You got Chris Nuga. You got Justice he, Uh I, I, I. He's going to be impactful, absolutely. Uh, but it's going to come from. It's going to have to come from other defensive guys as well.
2: Okay. Um. I like Tepanalli. He's on my list. He's not number five for me. I have Savon Scarver at number five. Um, he was an outstanding specialist on returns. I think that he's also going to be an impact player at wide receiver position, um, and I think he he can do multiple things for USU, and he'll need to do multiple things for USU. And that's why I have him in my top five. I have him at number five.
1: What's crazy is I had Savon Scarver at my number five, and then I at the last minute just barely changed it to TIPA based on my thought process about the defensive line. So, which means my number four, Savon Scarver. Uh, (laughs) His kick return, uh, is he's impactful. Look, in the special teams game, I don't think there's any more of a dangerous returner in the Mountain West Conference or in this side of the Mississippi River than Savon Scarver. I think he's a brilliant returner, and I think teams are going to be looking out in which way they kick the ball and where he's at, and they're going to try to avoid him at all costs.
2: Um. Yes, uh, and he can do so many different things, and he will. And uh, there's there's a group now behind him or around him that can make it a little bit more interesting than uh, than we originally anticipated. Um, but for me, my number four, I've got Gerald Bright. Uh, he's Ooh, my number four, uh, just for what he, the type of role that he's going to play at the running back position, um, to be another weapon to draw some attention away from. Uh, Jordan Love and uh, other wide receivers is going to keep defenses guessing. And uh, he had some great moments last year. And the the spotlight's mostly going to be his for the running back position. So uh, how well does he perform under those lights?
1: My number three is Shaq Bond. Uh, Defensively, this guy's a menace. Uh, he can create a lot. What are you looking? What?
2: In- this is some dude just rolled up in this cool Harley. I'm trying to figure out who he is. He's got leathers on and everything. So. Did you
1: invite somebody to the show? You need <laughs> tell me. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, number three for me is Bond. Look, this guy is really, really good football player. He's coming off a, a a big injury, and if he can be the type of productive defensive back that he was before he got injured, this defense is going to be in great, great shape. He's very athletic and can get to places quickly. Great coverage skills. I, I like this guy's IQ.
2: Okay, my number three is David Woodward. Uh, David Woodward at number three. I know uh, I thought long and hard about it. Maybe he should be higher than that, but... He is my number three. Just anchoring the linebacker position, such a sure tackler. Nothing gets past him. Um, it's when he gets his hands on somebody, he brings them down. Uh, and uh, he, this is his opportunity, I think, to be the best, the best, unquestionably best uh, linebacker in the Mountain West. And uh, that, that Utah State defense is going to be awesome this year, and he's going to be a big part of it.
1: My number two is Jordan Love. Uh, obviously, an you know, Heisman candidate. Maxwell, Davy O'Brien, Athlon Sports, Phil, whatever, name a publication, he's on that list right now as a preseason guy. Uh, There is a lot of pressure on him offensively to be able to to be be productive. And, again, we've already talked about the schedule is not as lenient as it was last year. Uh, And so he's going to have to be very smart with the decisions he makes. He's going to have to be quick with his reads, uh, but he's got a great arm. He's got great poise, and I think that's something that they're going to need, that poise part. In, in some of the bigger games, especially come November.
2: See, my number two is Tipa Naliyai. Uh The defensive line for Utah State is going to be one of the key strengths of this team. Um, there, that, there's a wealth of talent there on the defensive line, and I think with some of the other guys, some of the other talent that's there, that will free up Tipa to do a little bit more. And uh, we heard uh, Coach Anna earlier on saying classifying him as one of the best defensive lineman that he's ever seen. Uh, and He's seen some really good dudes on the defensive line. Uh, Teepa had a great year last year, uh, and I really look forward to seeing his evolution. And as far as impact on a game, uh, I think that he's one of the key impact guys for Utah State. He's he's my number two guy.
1: My number one guy is going to be David Woodward. This guy is – there's a lot of – you lose as much defensive talent as they have lost. You need someone who's going to be able to, in the trenches, be able to – you know, keep everybody's head at level. Everybody's got to be even killed. You need one guy to be able to do that defensively, and that's David Woodward. I love David Woodward's talent. The guy was a secret coming into last season and then exploded, and people still didn't ignored the fact that how good he was. This year, nuh-uh, not happening. This guy can make some noise. I expect him to be highly productive. I like the way he plays his position. I love the fact that they're going to let him roam around. I love, 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 love. That tells you right now. He's going to have a little about more it. freedom. Exactly. That tells you how much they think of David Woodward, that they're going to let him have that opportunity. I expect him to be smart. I expect him to be productive. And I like, uh, I actually like him to be one of the top three guys on that, uh, was it the Bednarik list, I believe?
2: Bednarik, yep. Yep,
1: yep. I like him more on Or the list. Butkus, yeah.
2: You know. uh, for me, my number one is Jordan Love. Uh, I just think when the impact on a game he has the best and the most potential to be the, the most impactful player for Utah State in 2019. How he goes, the team will go. Uh, if he's on point, if he's crisp, if he's focused, if he's dialed in, then uh, he's going to make a lot of things happen. Uh, and a good football team can be great when you have a really, really good quarterback. Um, and so I, I think this is a team that has that potential. Uh, with Jordan Love, with all the experience he had last year, he's going to be facing tougher defenses, more challenging uh, road games, more challenging home games, uh, but all that being said, I think that is working for his benefit, and he's got a, uh, all that coming with him to back him up as he continues for another season, and so he's my number one most impactful player for Utah State.
1: What an exciting season we have ahead of us. This is There is a lot of hype and a lot of expectation on this football team, and by the way, that That hype and expectation doesn't stop because the basketball team has got it, if not equal, just as much. And that's all coming up. I'm excited about it. Fall cannot get here uh, soon enough for uh, August 30th when the uh, Demon Deacons will host the Utah State Aggies at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. You can find that game on the ACC Network. And don't forget, as soon as the game is over, you get on the radio and you've turned your dial to 610 AM, KV and your sister station, you'll get Al Lewis. You'll get Ryan Bohm. You can actually share your thoughts with Eric Franson and these guys and give your thoughts and opinions about this uh, football team on the season opener. They will be here for you to be able to release your emotions, whether good or bad. Uh, they'll take it, and they'll take it well. It's Eric France, and I'm Audrey and coming back. We'll get you ready for the weekend here on the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
0: Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. A kindness called-
1: Four fifty-four. Your time, Eric France and Ajay Salveson here on the Full Court Press. We get you ready for the weekend and what's coming up. Uh, but don't forget. Go ahead.
2: I was just gonna say we're gonna. I'm putting my five best on Twitter, and oh. I'd love to get your thoughts. Yes. If you agree or yes. disagree with me, we've had some great answers about the record prediction too. Yeah. So we'd love to have the interaction with fans. We really want to hear what and, and see what you think. We do value your opinion. So uh, I'm. We're putting it out there, putting mine out there. Ajay, I would encourage you to put yours out there. We can agree and disagree. But uh, what your five most impactful players for 2019 might be.
1: Hey, don't forget that this is our final episode of season one of the Full Court Press. That's right. On Monday, we are back. We're, 4 p.m. Oh, I to thought you'd say on
2: Monday we're, we're done. I thought we were going to get fired.
1: Well, it that well yeah, we still mister Francis. We made it through one year together,
2: man. All right. We made it through one
1: year together. We are almost there. No. (laughs) Uh we're back four to six PM once again. We are gonna give you the best Aggie football coverage that anybody can give you the updates, the the statuses, uh the analysis, the the breakdowns of opponents and of the team itself.
2: We've already got some great interviews lined up for next week.
1: We are not even close to being done. By the way, speaking of a teaser, High school has been having some issues in regards to the transfer rule, and they have a new thing coming up in the RPI system. So we're going to get the thoughts from the executive director of the Utah High School Athletic Association, John Oglesby, will be here on Wednesday to join us. Well, not here, but over the phone to join us and talk about that.
2: Right, and lacrosse is a sanctioned sport as well. So how do you introduce a new sanctioned sport in the state? So a lot of things that we want to cover with high school sports with him, the high school Sports, athletic season, man, it's on us as well. So our season it's great one, time of the year.
1: Our season one comes to a close. We thank everybody for joining us, for, for sticking with us throughout the summer. I know it's kind of a deadweight summer. Luckily, the Jazz had a very active offseason. That helped out a lot. Uh, but we get you ready for season two. That starts on Monday, 4 p.m. on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The fan Enjoy your weekend.
0: i'm dan patrick and this is above the noise the broncos and falcons kicked off the preseason in last night's hall of fame game in canton ohio starting quarterbacks joe flacco and matt ryan didn't play but that didn't stop people from overreacting denver rookie qb drew lock looked like well a rookie but that didn't stop people from wondering if he was worth a second round pick it's going to be a long month i can't stress this enough preseason games are not strong indicators of what's going to happen during the regular season Once in a while, you'll see a surprise running back who makes for a fantasy pick, maybe. Or maybe a guy who's coming off an injury, and he looks better than what you thought. But you never know if preseason production is going to translate when it really counts. I know, I know, I'm being a buzzkill. Football is back, enjoy it, just don't act like last night was the real thing. That's still a month away, when the Packers and Bears face one another in the NFL season opener. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.